Welcome everyone to another podcast of Modern World Zen. This is Josh Barzell. And last episode we talked about bigotry. Um, and we tried to sort of make it into something a little bit better. And we tried to turn it into love. And um, this podcast I'd like to talk about hubris. And hubris is something that um, is like bigotry. Um, it's, it's the, basically, it's excessive pride. That's how it's defined. So, um, we have that problem in our society, right? We have the problem of hubris. And it's like bigotry in a way because, you know, bigotry are sort of walled off from other opinions, right? And other beliefs. And it also can be racial. If you're white and you're a bigot, well, you're not interested in looking at anyone of any different race because you, you sort of identify yourself as a certain way or a certain religion. Hubris is, would just be the excessive pride in sort of, you could say, white nationalism. And we talked about nationalism a couple podcasts ago, you could talk about nationalism as being this hubristic notion. Um, and, um, and that goes for religion as well. So we're going to look at hubris and we're going to have to understand that um, we have to basically, we have to realize in our lives that whenever we're doing something wrong, we're going to suffer for it. Um, there really isn't any way to avoid the suffering caused by wrong action. Um, and yet, at the, in the time, you might not see what the result of sort of a bad action might be. Um, and so I kind of, you know issued a little bit of a warning with the two kinds of nationalism, making sure we're not making a mistake in um, sort of our nation's recovery, if you will, to make sure that everyone is included in our recovery. Um, in the same way, the hubris that we have can actually be a sin, and the pride can be a sin. Um, and there's something called nemesis, Nemesis is the destruction of the hubristic man uh, in the Greek tragedy. So it's defined as the excessive pride to word or defiance of the gods, leading to nemesis. And um, it's what brings about, about one's downfall. Right? So we know from the Bible that pride cometh before the fall. So all of these notions uh, are, are equivalent. right? So we're looking at uh, hubris from the uh, point of view of Eastern philosophy. So what we're going to look at now is this idea of... Um, 
So we're going to look at this idea, I'm sorry, we're going to look at this idea of uh, pride and how it leads to one's downfall from an Eastern philosophical perspective. So we can sort of construe um, certain things that are written in the scriptures, Eastern or Western, and we can construe them and act on them not correctly. We can act on them incorrectly in sort of a, in this hubristic notion or form and actually suffer as a result and incur sin and incur suffering. So what does it mean to sort of misconstrue uh, the scriptures? to our own downfall. And this is a lot of what, why people don't like religion, why there would be so many atheists maybe, uh, because they're not interested in making these kinds of mistakes. So they just will throw out the baby with the bathwater, so to speak. They'll give up their God, they'll give up on their God, and they'll give up on their religion because they don't want to get into trouble uh, with that hu hubris. Right, so they're not interested in being hubristic or excessively or have excessive pride uh, and sort of misconstrue the scriptures and suffer as a result. So, we really need to fix this um, both so people don't suffer as the result of their hubristic notions and also so people can actually see that hey, maybe religion isn't so bad. Uh, and the belief of God is helpful uh, and sort of, you know, we can show them how to avoid the pitfalls, if you will, of religion, if there were any, uh, it would be from a sort of a wrong understanding. So generally, the religions themselves talk about oneness. And oneness actually can be, um, can be misconstrued. So oneness seems to be the most innocent thing around, right? And it's really shared by every religion there is. There isn't a religion that really doesn't believe in oneness. And that's just, we don't understand that because we don't understand the religions themselves. But there isn't a religion that doesn't involve universal brotherhood and universal love. So, but nevertheless, that most basic religious principle can be misconstrued. It could be misconstrued to the point of one getting into trouble. And how is that how is that misconstrued? And that's what we're going to look at now. So if 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 everything is one, right? If we're all one, then how is it that we need to use our discrimination? Why would it be necessary to stay away from sin? Why would it be necessary to sort of be good and live a good life? You know, if everything is one, then it wouldn't matter, say, if we did bad actions. And this is precisely how this idea of oneness and universal love can be misconstrued and can be used sort of to bring about one's downfall.
And so people would hear that and say, well, I don't have to be good then. If everything is one, then we're one, I'm the same as you, and I don't actually have to follow good principles in my own life. If, we, if you've just said we're all one. So that's the mistake. And that can lead to suffering. And that's hubris, in my opinion. So again, so the Eastern philosophical idea of hubris would be just to believe that oneness might exist, but not to see the sort of, not to use one's discrimination to know still what's right and wrong. Um, and I think that can be hubris. And we see it in every religion. Uh, and it's not good. And so that's sort of our point of today. And I'd like to also bend that towards something good, uh, sort of like we bent the bigotry around. And so the way to bring the, the way to bring the, the, the hubris around in a, in a correct way is to say, okay, well, let's say I'm a hubristic person and I believe that there's oneness everywhere. Um, well, what happens if, you know, there are a train coming on the tracks, right? There's a train coming on the railroad tracks and I'm so immersed in my vision of oneness that I step on the tracks and I look at that train coming towards me and maybe a smile develops on my face, feeling the oneness. And it's still very far away, but the, my friend says, hey, listen, get out of the way of that train. And I say, hey, no, you listen. You don't understand oneness, right? You don't understand this concept of universal love. I'm not going anywhere, right? So how do we bend that obvi obvious sort of delusionary stance or hubristic stance, if you will, in that extreme example of a train coming on the tracks towards someone who's not getting out of the way, right? So what we would say is we say, well, there is oneness everywhere, but the man who came tapped on my shoulder and said, hey, listen, be careful here. That train's coming. Well, wouldn't that also be part of this oneness? In other words, my friends say I'm the guy in the tracks and my friend is telling me to get out of the way. Isn't, that his, isn't his statement a part of this oneness? Why am I... Why am I throwing out his statement? Why is his statement the only thing that's not a part of this oneness? So that's how we can sort of bend our fanatical beliefs and bend them back into sort of more um, safe, into a safe zone, quite literally in this train example. Uh, so if, if there really was oneness and I'm looking at the train coming down on me and a smile is developing and my friend comes and says, hey, don't stand here. You're going to get run over. Well, I, that would be part of the oneness as well. So I would say, oh, you're right. I'm sorry. What am I doing? This is crazy. And I would step off the tracks and pat him on, on the back and say, thank you for telling me. You're right. What am I doing? This is crazy. Right? It's too dangerous. I could get hit. Right? So this is how we can sort of bend that notion back. <clears throat> and in that context, you can see the value of sort of an interpersonal relationships. 
you know, we should value our interpersonal relationships as, as well as our religious beliefs. Because those, those interpersonal relationships are really what religion talks about. Talks about brotherhood. So if you're too hard on your own belief and are not sort of, you know, hugging and befriending and listening and furthering developing uh, those relationships, then you're not really very religious, are you? Because what's the point of religion? The point of religion is for those sort of contacts and that intimacy and those relationships and that love. So that's how we can sort of really make a mistake. And um, I'll end this podcast. Um, hopefully we've sort of bent it in the correct direction. That, um, you know, in that context, uh, we can see that if the man on the tracks hadn't listened, right, and got hurt, I mean, he would probably would have died right? But maybe he would have gone to heaven or hell and up when he was, you know, deciding where he was going to go, maybe they would have said, hey, listen, he would have said, well, I died. How can you, this is a horrible teaching, God. I died on the railroad tracks, you know, as he's sort of heading up to find his fate, whether he's going to heaven or hell, right? Um, he could say, well, we told you not to stand on those railroad tracks, didn't we? Why wasn't that a part of this universal oneness why wasn't why wasn't that statement your friend gave you um, a part of your belief in oneness why did you just decide to discount that you believe the train was 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 one with you and everything else but why not your friend so this is how we can sort of make our mistakes in our belief system and that leads to hubris which is the pride that leads to leads to one downfall, and you can see it in that example of the train. It leads to one's death. So we we can we can take it to the extreme example and show how uh, it leads to one's death. So really, the idea of oneness. What what's the point of oneness? Right. It's not. We shouldn't use it as a corrupt notion to get away with murder, say, or bad actions. But we should use it to sort of forge friendship. We should use it to be close, right, to one another. We should use it to increase brotherhood and affection, right? To maybe be friends with someone that you would never be friends with, something like that, or to further those relationships, to find more love in the world is why we're saying the notion of oneness. It's not an excuse to be evil, and that's the hubris. So hopefully we've sort of Hopefully I've brought some people back that maybe have discounted what religion really says. And hopefully I've steered some people who are very religious into sort of a more, not muted tone, but at least, you know, you, you take the hand of the friend because that's also very, that's being a very religious person to, to have those intimate interpersonal relationships and to listen to one another and to love one another. So... And we say, well, that's, that's, a, that's not a very good result, right? I don't like that result, you know, because it seems like we're, it seems like some, still some sort of con game, right? Because we're talking about oneness, but, oh, there's an exception, and, oh, there's an exception. Why can't I stand on those railroad tracks and be, and have that train sort of miss me, uh, you know, 
like I'm, you know, in some sort of movie fantasy, right? If since everything is oneness, why can't I behave badly? This is ridiculous. This is terrible. It must not be true, you know, and I'm going to show you wrong. And I think in that context, we should just understand that, you know, the if we're looking for a sort of perfection, right? In that context of us standing on the train and being defiant and wanting to sort of become God and have that train miss us, that, that, that ideal of what we're imagining is possible, right? But I've just shown it's not possible in that way, right? So you say, oh, you're so bummed out now. You've given up on your the ideal of perfection of, for man, right? And if anyone's listened to these podcasts, they would understand that that's the opposite of what I try, I've tried to do. I've tried to show how man can become ideal. And I've looked at, you know, Jesus and Buddha and Muhammad as those examples. But that's extremely difficult to attain to. So, you know, if you're trying to attain it today, well, you're not going to attain it today. So just be safe, be careful, stay away from excessive pride, and just stay on the right track because you can get hurt, right? And that's sort of today's, the lesson of today's podcast is that, yes, there is an ideal of man. Yes, that we should always be striving to become like these great beings. But how are we going about it? Don't, don't, don't try to attain it today by standing on those railroad tracks because you're going to get run over. Um, and hopefully I've made that very clear. And so hopefully uh, this has been enlightening for you today. And we've sort of steered you away, quite literally, uh, from this hubris, which we can all suffer from. And um, I look forward to doing another podcast soon. And we'll stay on sort of the practical side of things uh, for this next series, which should be roughly the same amount, seven or eight podcasts. And I'll try to make a uh, note of it on Spotify and Anchor, which you can tune into Spotify too and find the podcast under Modern World Zen. It's on Spotify as well as Anchor and some other places. I think Google carries it now. And so thank you very much for listening, and we will see you next time. This has been Josh Barzell for Modern World Zen.